Ferran Torres. Born in the Valencia region, a boyhood fan of the club. He joined Valencia at the age of six, and since then he's impressed throughout his youth career for both club and country. He made his first team debut in the Copa del Rey back in November of 2017, and he's quickly become an established first team squad member. David, what's caught your eye with Ferran Torres, even before this Valencia debut uh, versus Real Zaragoza back in 2017? He was making waves. Um, what kind of player did you see back then? I think what stood out um, most of all is uh, I think his ability, his approach to the game is unique in Spain. It's very rare. You get a player coming through, I think, these days like him. Um, he's very much an out-and-out winger, direct, loves a 1v1 situation, uses his speed, his, uh, his dribbling ability. He's a bit of a throwback in some ways. Um, I always think, when I think of a player to compare him to most, that reminds me of the most, it's Joaquin, which isn't a bad player to be compared to when you look at his career um, at all and the longevity he's had. So, yeah, I see a lot of him. Um, in Joaquin um, you know like I said that ability just to face up stand up against a defender and then look to take them with either pace or just knocking it round them um, with a little trick a little drop of the shoulder and Ferran's very much like that um, in Spain you get plenty of players coming through I think wingers initially they end up cutting inside they become you can see that they're going to be central midfielders I think you know um, Marco Asensio is a, a great example at Mallorca he was a really speedy left winger. And then, as we know him, he's, he's come inside a little more and more of a little attacking midfielder. And I think that's what happens with a lot of young players when they when they come through, as they start to mature. And, you know, the, the reaction is to push them inside and use their creative ability. But I think Ferran is going to be like Joaquin and just spend his career out in, on the wing. And I think that's interesting. And, and I think there's definitely a desire, a need for players like him. I mean, he sort of, you know, he's worked his way into the picture, hasn't he? Um, as a 17-year-old, you know, they were looking mm. to protect him, give him some minutes here and there where they could. The season after that, 2018-19, you know, it kind of scaled up a little bit. He was trusted a little bit more. But last season, I mean, it, as much as Valencia do try and, you know, say that they removed Marcelino and, and brought in Celades as someone to sort of promote youth, you know, Ferran was already very much in the thinking of whoever I think was going to be in charge and... You know, 26 starts this season. You know, it's 34 appearances in La Liga, over 2,200 minutes of senior domestic football. You know, throwing the fact as well that, you know, the six UCL appearances there and and, and he's making the difference on that stage too, uh, scoring twice, two assists. I mean, what what do you think has, has changed in terms of how he's sort of respected, you know, within the squad and also externally around sort of Spanish football? Because... You know, his talent ceiling when he was 17, you know, it looked high. But when you see a player, you know, with, with a lot of trust put in them and they still continue to deliver and, you know, take that pressure on their shoulders and put in consistently, you know, pretty impressive performances for their age. I mean, his ceiling now must be looking insanely higher after such a good breakthrough year. I think it's massive. When you think about this is his first proper season, I think it's been dribs and drabs the years previously. Um, even though he was on the radar, of course, and there was a desire from fans to see him as well, given you know he's a boyhood fan and the fact that he is the biggest talent at the club, biggest young talent that they have, you'd, you'd probably say the biggest true talent out of their academy since Isco. Um, so there was understandable pressure to to get him involved, to get him to speed with the Valencia first team. But 
I think they did it right. They, they protected him, and then he eventually came in. And I don't, I don't think Salades did very, you know, many good things at Valencia. But I think one of them was certainly bringing Ferran through. And I think, you know, to answer your question is to say well, what's been different, what's what stood out um, about Ferran this season. I think, and, and what's made him play the way he has, and I think it's the responsibility. I think initially he was probably like a little bit, you know, daunted about stepping up from the level from. The, from playing full time with Valencia Mestalla, the B team, to going with the first team every single week and, and having the pressure of trying to find consistency at the top level, but I think he's done that. I think he's interestingly, I think he's shown that with responsibility, he's only grown. He's got better. He's got stronger. He's started to have more confidence. And my doubt about Ferran has always been um, the lack of confidence in his own ability. I, I want him to be a bit more arrogant. I want him to be a bit more. You know, I wanted to be more individual at times. I wanted to take games by the scruff of the neck, and I've seen that with him. And I think Salad has helped helped him do that. And you could see him start becoming a difference maker in games. He he won Valencia games, whether it be with an assist or a goal or a little drive to bring the team to the field. Um, and I don't think he would have done that maybe a year ago. And it just goes to show how far he's coming one year. Um, and you, you know that that leads you to believe that you know his future is massive if he is this good right now, and, and and he things are starting to click with him right now where his game was potentially flawed. Then yeah, he's he's going to be a huge player, I think. I mean, you've already picked him out as a an orthodox sort of wide player, something that you'd expect mm. to see, you know, decades decades previous to now, and and maybe even not you know fitting the modern game as as snugly as as some might think with like fashionable young players. Um, what what sort of role did you know got the best football out of Ferran last season? I mean, Celades obviously did mix things up at times. Valencia weren't the best; they they weren't really finding any kind of consistency in their performances. The only real consistent thing last season was that they kind of struggled. Um, yeah. I mean, w- what role did he play in last season? But then also, what role might he suit more than that, or, or where might he find a home elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, if you look, I think Salades has really switched between several different formations. At times, he hung on to that old Marcelino 4-4-2, but he also played 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. Um, and I think the the two latter formations are probably where he would find himself um, in the future. I think, you know, if he's in that advanced three, um, then I think that is where he can do the most damage. Um, if you look at some of his numbers this season, for instance, and, and, and then again, this just goes to show who how much of an out-and-out winger he actually is. He's dribbled past 62 players this season. He's had 94 attempted dribbles. 56 have been successful. Um, so he's always looking to dribble. He's always looking to, to, to take on. Um, and don't get me wrong, sometimes he does lose possession of the ball, but that's understandable with the role that he plays. He's, he's, he's going to lose the ball more than uh, you know a, a centre-mid who, who, who will sit and link player. He's going to lose the ball more than Danny Parejo, for instance. That, that's because he, he takes particular risks in the final third. Um, with the way he plays, um, you know, if you, if you look as well at his, at his passing numbers, he's provided 27 key passes this season, um, and 41 passes have uh, gone into the penalty area that he's used. Um, so that goes to show, and I believe that's the second most at Valencia, um, and, and that just goes to show his his threat in the final third and what he's looking to try and do. He's very dangerous. He can he can go alone and dribble, or he his link player has improved. I think it could do with some work. Um, in the, in the future, absolutely, it's definitely probably the next thing I'd want to be working on with Ferran is just how he links up with people, 
um, his combination play, his involvement in the attacking scheme of the team as, as a whole. Um, now he, you know, he's using his individual qualities, his pace, um, his dribbling. But I think you know the next level of progression will be to, to learn how to work with those around him. I mean, standout traits wise, I, I think what kind of stands out for Varane is that you know you, you when you see him playing sort of at, at youth level, when you see him then playing at youth level for his country and like going and, and playing with very very talented and successful Spanish groups. It's still the same stuff that you're impressed by back then when he was sort of 17. You're still impressed by them now. And he continues Mm. to sort of, he has the same attitude in how he plays in terms of, you know, taking risks and looking to make things happen. That's something that's carried through. Um, Even as you say, you know, there's far more responsibility now. There's far more responsibility at Valencia just given that they have been so poor in comparison to under Marcelino um, in the, you know, the first season where he came back, turned things around. I mean, you, you could forgive a young player for maybe being a bit, you know, nervous in that scenario because they were coming into a team that's performing well. But he's sort of come in and and he's looked looked at this team and thought he can make a difference. Um, being a boyhood fan, he's obviously wanted to make a difference more than you know several mm. other players probably have over the course of the season. Um, but it is sort of you know if if you're a scout and you're coming to watch Ferran Torres play. I imagine that the vast majority of scouts are going to come away with the same few main points, which are. He's fast, he unsettles defenders, he drives at defenders, he makes things happen, he's aggressive. And I think that that's why it makes sense that, you know, in the media now, we're at the end of the season, they're looking to, you know, clubs are looking for players, media are looking to generate clicks. It makes Mm -hmm. sense that a team like Manchester City, when they're losing an aggressive winger like Leroy Sané, that a player like Ferran, you know, would come onto their radar. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's been moments this season, they probably, he'll have been on the... The radar, like uh, absolutely, um, at, at, at you know, at all the big clubs. But I think there's there's times when he's really, really shown this season. I think, I mean, um, you know, in, in in terms of how he stepped up and, and shown that extra level, and, and some people would watch it and go, "Oh, I didn't really know he was quite there." I remember there was, I think, November. He had a brilliant November, um, if I recall, and I remember when they beat Lille four-one. Uh, um, I think they went behind 1-0 and, and he scored a brilliant goal um, that game. And then a couple of days later, they played uh, Valencia played Granada um, and, and, and won 2-0. And he scored an injury time then and he was, he was all over the game. He was brilliant all game. And then he scored, I think it was in the 98th minute of injury time. And it was another brilliant goal and he was just a flurry of activity on the break um, for them. And, and, and he showed just his touches, his movement, his awareness even just in that week, it showed me, all oh, right, he's, something's really, really clicked with him. Um, he, he's really, really learned. He's been, really been learning. He's doing different things now. He looks more mature. And, you know, he's still super, super young as well. And, and, and I think he's come on a lot this season. Really, really has. And that's probably, you know, made some big clubs step up a little bit more. Like I say, players are always on your radar when there's a talented young player out. You keep track of them and just see how they're progressing. But they're definitely watching the season. Go, all oh, right, he's he's definitely ahead of schedule, I think. So, I mean, the, the question really is what's next for Ferran? Because Valencia, you know, you, you can't necessarily trust that project at the moment. There's going to be quite a high high amount of turnover in that squad. There's obviously a lot mm. of discord and discontent between um, the club owner, the fans. But then also, you know, you sense that there have been problems with relationships, you know, within coaching staff, 
between different levels of the club. You've had differences in terms of sporting directors and it's just been an entire mess. And I think when you're, even though you're a fan of the club, like Ferran is, I think that that's probably not enough to, you know, to secure his loyalty and get him to sign a new deal. Um, we've mentioned already there's interest that's been, you know, mentioned pretty much every week for like the last couple of months, you know, that, that, that Pep Guardiola would be interested in taking him to Manchester City. And I mean, yeah. for me, stylistically and what he would take and what he would learn and how he would essentially be trained how to hurt teams that don't want to be broken down. I think when you combine his speed and athleticism and his dribbling ability and how he likes to take risks, I mean, maybe obviously Valencia would, would love to keep hold of him if it was possible and everything was rosy, but it seems like for his own individual development, even if it does mean that he doesn't maybe play quite as many minutes as he did this season, if he went to Man City, learnt from Guardiola, I think he could be you know genuinely frightening before long. No, unbelievable! Like unbelievably so. I think it would be the sort of move that would, you know, really bring him on as a player. You look at the work that Pep has done with Sterling, with Gabriel, there. Um, you know, I think Aguero would probably even say that you know even later in his career he's learned a few more things that he hadn't before. And and Pep does that. He is that sort of coach. And I imagine it's been the big pull for Ferran. I understand Valencia are essentially pushing him away given everything that's going on there. But I think Pep is a huge, huge pull for a player. Um, I think Ferran will see what type of player he can become there, and he, he can really become so, so rounded and, and, and spectacular. I think. And right now, he, he doesn't look—he maybe doesn't look like it. But there's—I can definitely see somebody who can score 15 goals, 20 goals a season potentially in him, because he's got such a nice, pure strike at the ball as well. I, I like particularly the way. He arrives on the ball. Um, you know, if you see the little pass that's been maybe laid off, his timing of runs, his movement off the ball is very, very good. And because of the way he hits a ball, I think you can see him scoring a few more as well. And that's the sort of thing that will only come, I think, with making a bigger move. I think of Valencia, it would be very much, you know, stationary. But I think they've seen sometimes, I think sometimes players now, they see how many minutes and what coaching level the younger players are getting elsewhere, you know, you know, Ferran will probably look at Jaden Sancho, look at others and, and, and say, oh, look at that, like the progression that they're making, guaranteed Champions League every season. Um, that's the sort of environment of football that needs to really, really, really kick on. And like I say, I think he will look and say, look, I'm happy to take the, the lesser minutes. I might not play the 2,000 minutes that I'm going to get at Valencia, but I might play maybe the 1,200 or so. But I'm happy with that because I know I'll learn a lot, lot more on the training field. I think also when you get to this stage of the season, it's sort of a an, an annual thing that everyone's surprised by Raheem Sterling's production. They always look at it and it, it's almost as though people don't quite realise quite how many goals he scored over the course of a season. I mean, he yeah. brought up, I think it was 30 goals in all competitions already. You know, he's still got the, the Champions League to, to come and, you know, that, that could be potentially two, three more games. Um, and I think you can easily sort of make make the argument that Ferran can look at that. He can look at what, what happened when, you know, that they took a, well, I, I don't know whether you call it a gambler such, but they definitely paid more money than many expected to take Sterling there and, and, and craft them completely into a, a new sort of mould of player and add so, so much to their game that I think, yeah, I think normally you'd be saying, right, they need to move because the development pathway is blocked. But I think almost by 
you can see this season how at Manchester City they've looked and they know that you know David Silva is on his way out. So they've looked to try and get the players and groom the players in the best possible way to, to make sure that there's a chance to step up. And I think that yeah. it's not out of the question that, you know, when you look at players such as Mares and Sterling, um, you know, maybe Manchester City win a major trophy over the next couple of seasons and they want a different challenge. They want to move somewhere else. And if Ferran has been there for, you know, a season and a half or so, we've already seen that with a player like João Cancelo, he, it didn't quite work for him. Well, in, in Valencia, he was extremely good. He went abroad. Mm-hmm maybe things didn't work quite as well as he would have liked to and then went to Manchester City the first you know six months or so really really struggled but as soon as it clicks it's it's scary for a player to click at Manchester City yeah absolutely and, and I mean the thought they could potentially put Cancelo and Ferran on the same wing is is, is pretty outrageous you know that that's 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 a lot of speed that's a lot of just two really direct players who just love to drive at defenses so that would be interesting and uh, and that's a problem. And I mean, it's good that you mentioned the Sterling situation as well. Because if you look, he scored 37 goals over the past two Premier League seasons. There's only Mane, Salah, Vardy and Aubameyang who have scored more. And that's pretty that's pretty wild when you think of that as well, you know. And, and Ferran will probably look at that. And, and, and people had Sterling down. They didn't have him down as a goal-scoring winger. They didn't have him down as a goal-scorer. But... Pep brought brought that out of him, and 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 Ferran will look at that and say, "Oh, I don't what's what's not to say that I can get 15 in my first season or 10 in my first season, and then gradually build 15, 20 from there." Um, and, and that's just a huge, huge pull in, in that environment, I think. And he knows as well that you look at the development of Phil Foden, who's been around, you know, at City for some time. You've known his name for some time, but it's only now that he's just getting pushed in. I think eventually, as you know, Silva's um, air. He'll come in and then Pep will want a little bit more as well. You know, he's losing a player like Silva who has such a big impact on the team. So he'll want somebody else and that's where Ferran might step in. He might not start initially, you know. It might be that Sterling and Mares are the starting wingers when on the first day of the Premier League next season. But Ferran knows he can keep learning. He can, he can be ready when, you know, when he's called upon, be ready. And then who's to say the second half of next season or, or maybe the final five, ten games, that's when Ferran could really state a claim and say, look, I'm going to make an impact now. I'm going to show you where I can bring you in next season. Um, and there's nothing wrong there either because he's got the time on his side. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of Talking La Liga. Follow us on SoundCloud and on Twitter at Talking La Liga and let us know which young players you want us to cover next from the game in Spain.